So, but I'll show her to you if you'd like to see. Yes, it. please. Yes, we're all waiting. <laughs> oh, goodness. Oh, oh so sweet. She Have you noticed that her, her paws smell like popcorn? <laughs> Oh, I can see that. Yeah. Yeah, the bottom does. <laughs> she smells so good. Mm. And she stays so clean. I don't know how she does it. Oh, it's a good, good <laughs> Famous last word. <laughs> right? <laughs> how big will she get? Well, she's a golden retriever. So 80 pounds? Yeah. I hope not that big. Yeah. yeah. But, yeah. Aww. It's already about 19 pounds. Wow. So, oh. did you just wake her yeah, up? She's that's pretty chill. No, for no, she is very chill. That's a gift. She is very chill. She gets excited about food mm-hmm. and um, running around in the yard. And uh, was very glad yesterday morning we were walking out in the yard, and there are these areas with tall grass. And I just walked to the edge, and I was just looking out over the tall grass, and I saw that. Three feet away was a sleeping baby deer in the tall grass. Yeah. And I was like, oh, I hope she doesn't see her. But she wasn't tall enough to see her, and the deer didn't move. And I thought, let's just back away from the baby deer. (laughs) Yeah. But she's she's so good, and she's so precious. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. And puppies sleep 20 hours a day. So she's like, can I take a nap now? (laughs) good girl yes yes and within the first morning I taught her to um to sit and she's been doing it ever since I taught her in one minute yeah and and she already most of the time she comes when I call which is great yeah she's very smart very smart. That's awesome. Well, congratulations. I'm happy for both of you. Yes. Oh, me too. Yes. Me too. Yeah. All right. So let's uh let's say a prayer and then we're gonna get into testimony of light. So let's take that breath of love and gratitude and be so grateful and thankful that our life is the life of God. That God is living its life as us. Because we are part of God. So grateful and thankful that our creator holds nothing against us and gives everything to us. Everything already has been given. All the means for our happiness, for our joy, for our creative expression, for our awakening. Everything has already been provided to us. Nothing has been held back. So we're celebrating this by coming together, joining together, extending love and compassion. We're partnering up with that higher Holy Spirit self. We are willing to listen to that one voice and to be led, guided, and directed to the highest and best, most loving choices in each and every moment of our day. 
we're surrendering all attachments to the past. And this is part of why we come together to make it easier to affirm this is the truth of our being that we're already whole, perfect and complete. We can't be more whole, perfect and complete. We're already holy. And so we are grateful to celebrate this by our joining together and sharing the benefits with our brothers and sisters because we're one with them. Wonderful, 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 wonderful. In gratitude, we let it be. And so it is. Amen. 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 All right. So getting deeper into the testimony of light. And uh, so one of the things, as I was saying last week, that I find so inspiring and helpful about testimony of light is it makes it clear that uh, there are these patterns, there are these blueprints, and that it also makes it clear that we are so loved and beloved that nothing is held against us and that everything is a divine opportunity. We can choose what we'll do with it and that whatever we choose, we will experience, but we're never being punished. And uh, to me, I, I just love when I see the confirmations of that in the books I read. That uh, really is so life-affirming to me, so love-affirming to me, is seeing that in multiple books in different ways. And uh, this book has been so valuable to so many people, and uh, I'm so grateful that we have it to... um, to share and to to read and to talk about it, it has been particularly effective and helpful for people who um, have fear of death and to realize that oh uh, there are opportunities in this lifetime uh, to shift and correct things and that we can see that uh, there is no death. There is no death. Yes. So uh, has anybody had any ahas about this since we last met? Okay. Um, I am going to... Have us go to, I'll pull it up on the screen here. Um, just a second. There are so many um, references to patterns in this book. Um, So um, 
she's sharing here, and this is page 33 in my version of the book. I'm going to pull it up on the screen now. Where she says in the second paragraph, now I am learning to apprehend the meaning of much that happened to me. I see it as a background pattern with a capital P. In a way, I'm beginning to realize the effects of my thoughts and to view the events that were set in motion by these very thoughts and ideas. So we started talking about this last week. And so then she says, this is indeed a most sobering exercise. When in the body, one is so limited by environment, emotions, difficulties, and it is very hard to judge accurately such results as might possibly ensue from the planning. And when we do try to assess the value, we are so often wrong because we ourselves, our small egotistic selves, get in the way and deflect the purpose. Here, in, in the afterlife, we have we live so much more in the realm of mind as we ponder over an experience or a purpose. The mind stretches out to see all sides of the problem. This is a new and not always exciting or pleasant experience. It is rather like a chain reaction, much more potent and real than the old association of ideas of earth psychology. Here, as one thinks, one is. I'll try to make this clear. There is no compulsion, of course, to review one's past life on earth as soon as one arrives and the new life here begins. Oh, sorry. Some, some take a long while to tackle the problem. They dread see the effects of mistakes and failures. Some of our patients here have got stuck, and that is where I, who myself am undergoing this kind of mental and spiritual psychiatry, am able to help them. That is partly why I have elected to stay on here for a space. I shall stay until my own course has become clear, both past and possible future, and until I've been able to rectify the places in the chain where I have been. My experiences as a teacher, a religious, a psychologist, and an earnest seeker after spiritual life of great value now. I have some background on which to draw, which might, and sometimes does, help those who are too timid or frightened or guilt-ridden to attempt the work for themselves. Besides, you know the old adage, you are a teacher, and that you learn by teaching. I'm doing that just now. The method here is interesting and provocative. Somewhere in the depths of my mind, two blueprints are brought forward into my consciousness. These are so clear that I can literally take them out, materialize them, and study them. Again, we discussed this before. One is the perfect idea, the divine blueprint, with which my spirit went bravely into incarnation. The other is the resultant of a partially understood plan. In fact, my life is, is actually lived. So one of the things that 
we can, I think, take comfort in in this life is we're having this realization of how the system works, let's say. So right now, I find that it gives me a real boost to do even better, to choose even higher, to be even more loving, knowing that it has such a profound effect. So one of the things that you've probably heard me say many times is quoting Lesson 25, which is, I do not know what anything is for. And I often add to that my own thoughts, which are, until I can see through all directions of time and space, I do not know what anything is for. How could I? I can't see all the effects of everything. So we talked about Gary Leonard's two movie choices. We can't see that if I take this movie or that movie, that these are the, the resultant um, things based on these choices. So, but seeing in this story, feeling really, feeling it so deeply in my being when I first read it and every time I read it, that every choice I make is a ripple on the pond and it's affecting everything else in the pond, which is all humanity. And I can make a difference to all humanity. So my seemingly little loving choices have a big effect, not just on me, but on everyone else. Um, and I can tell you right now, I'm having this little um, thing with my landlord who's raising my, basically my rent, like 30%. And, um, and I think he feels guilty or something. So he's kind and threatening to me. And I said to him, how did we become adversaries? I, I, I've never disagreed with you or argued with you or complained or how, how is it now? I feel like you're threatening me and treating me as an adversary. And he didn't really have an answer for it. Um, and. But in my being, I can know, okay, I don't like this. Who who wants that, you know, a 30% increase. But I also can know everything is working together for my good. And my, my constant guidance around it is just to be kind, to be loving, to not argue. And I feel like I had a really good rent and now he's raising it to what I do think is more the going rate. And that seems reasonable to me, even though on another level, you could say it's unreasonable. I just know everything is working together for my good. I don't want to know any other thing. I don't want to be his victim. I do not wish to hold a grudge against him because that would just be painful for me. And so my job is to extend love and to have compassion, to hold no grievances. And I don't know what anything is for, except it's for my good. And I can feel comfortable not knowing more about it because I have trust and faith. So reading this book helped me to increase my trust and faith. 
because I see more what it says in A Course in Miracles. There is a script. They call it here a blueprint, like a divine blueprint, a plan. It's there. It's been written. And what they're, what she's indicating, what Francis is telling Helen is that there's like the highest possibility of what we intended based on the choices we made for our script. And in a sense, you could say the game is to see if you can find all those sweet spots. Right. So to me, that's what we're doing in Masterful Living is we're training ourselves to vibrationally feel those sweet, loving choices, even in the face of someone attacking us, even in the face of someone stealing from us or someone doing whatever the things are that people do that are unkind or unloving. So it's really looking for how can I be in that sweet spot all the time? Just even knowing that it's available. To me, one of the things this book helps us do, and particularly the sequences about the blueprint and how um, Francis uh, works with some of the different patients in the convalescent home, uh, to help them understand what happened in their life and to see it as um, just lessons learned and to help them get over their own self-judgment. So all of that, to me, helps me see the benevolence of the universe and that uh, spirit is not holding anything against us, yet The decisions and choices we make are the cause and the things we hold in our mind are the cause. And then there's an effect. And the effect is to help us to learn from our choices. So here I am training this puppy. She very quickly learned if she sits, she gets the treat. But she also gets what she now knows is a really good thing. I say, yes. So now I don't have to give her a treat every time when I need her to sit. I just say, sit. And she sits. And I say, yes. And that's she wags her tail when I just say, yes. Because she's associated that with good. It comes with treats. It comes with, I'm petting her a lot and reinforcing it. So everything in the world is like that. It's reinforcing what kind of a choice we made. And we can tell whether it was a a higher loving choice by how we feel. Do we feel sick to our... Like, ugh. Then we know we didn't make a loving choice, right? We know we feel threatened in some way. So what's the loving choice that we can make now? And it's really just working those simple principles day in and day out and learning from them by how we feel. That's one of the clear messages of the course is you know the quality of your choice by how you feel. People always ask, how do I know? It's how you feel. Your ability to feel energy, energetics, cause and effect 
It feels like it's in our body, but we also know it's not in our body. For instance, years ago, when I was doing this work very, very intently, my 10,000 negative thoughts, clearing, 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 my intuition shifted. It went from feeling like my intuition was thoughts or messages out here You know, sometimes over here, sometimes over here, but right out here inside my aura. And then it shifted. And then it was in here. It was, I could feel in here. The thoughts, the words, the ideas, the concepts, the messages were in here and not out here anymore. I, I don't know what really precipitated that shift except my increased willingness. And so we, we regret when we get a message to do or not do something and we ignore it or we push it away and we do something else instead. Then we have regret, right? But that's still a teacher. Oh, if only I'd listened to that message. If only I hadn't. I um we 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 all watch movies and television probably that sometimes we see someone has a choice and we're practically yelling at the screen going don't do that or you know go go now you know or tell her you love her tell her you love her tell her you love her now she's gonna leave you know And we see, right, we see ourselves projected on the screen that the the opportunity is there. The person, the character sees the opportunity is there, but their ego is winning, right? They're not taking the opportunity. They're not taking the highest and best choice that they can see. They're, They're thinking, oh, she'll think I'm weak or, oh, he he may not really care or what if and so to me doing this work having this conversation about these blueprints i now live more in a way of if i hesitate and i think well i can't think of a recent occurrence but like my interchange with that that landlord 20 years ago I probably would have gotten mad at him. I probably would have said something provocative and started a fight and stuff like that. But I didn't, I don't want any of that anymore. So it's just like, hey, uh, we, how did we become enemies? I don't feel like we're enemies. I, I mean, have you made, can you see that I've not argued with you or complained or challenged you in any way, shape or form? And, uh, so why are you threatening me now? I don't understand. And I, I wanted to give him an opportunity to back away from that threat. But the old me would have pushed him harder to it so that I could see. You see how wrong he is? I am a victim of this world. But now I am not. I am taking responsibility for the world I see. So I'd like to help people find the higher ground. Because their happiness and my happiness 
are inextricably linked every minute of every day. And apparently throughout eternity, you know, even though at some point this whole thing will just kind of fold in and be forgotten right now, it's our learning tool and our remembering tool. So anybody have any thoughts um, about any of this? Mary. It come to my mind that maybe Helen is continuing to create her reality on the other side. Uh, like much like we do here, because she's found herself in a comfortable place with people that are familiar to her. It just dawned, you know, I was thinking that maybe is that possible that uh, we continue to create on the other side too? Absolutely. Until we finish it? Oh, okay. Yeah. I mean, I, I do think that's one of the, I mean, think of the Nazi, and we will talk about the, the whole Nazi, but they're having an experience of growth and development, and it does seem to be um, slow, but it's still happening. And um, the thing about God is God is progressive. It's a progressive universe. It's a, there's no regression. There's only progression. We can call it evolution. Do things evolve? I don't know, but they, there's a creative expression. God is a creator. We are creators. And so that, that to me is the essence. Love, creation. Those, that's, that's the essence of our being and of God. Infinite loving expression that's creative. I think it's what makes it so interesting. You know, sometimes people get bored. And I remember, oh, maybe 15 or 20 years ago, um, I had a conversation with somebody like, how was your weekend? And they said, oh, my God, I was so bored all weekend long. And I thought, bored? I remember being bored as a teenager. You know, I do. I remember feeling like there's nothing to do. As a teenager, right? As a kid, there's nothing to do, right? And your parents say, you've got 50 games in your room. You've got a hundred toys. You've got, ah, what do you mean there's nothing to do? And they're like, and you're just thinking, oh God, you don't understand, right? Um, but now I know that in order to be bored, I have to be working so hard to repress the creative force of the universe within me. You know, I have to be absolutely cutting it myself off from it in order to experience boredom. Because you can just sit and look out the window and it's interesting. It's exciting. When, when we're connected with spirit, there's no boredom. 
What could be boring? That's one of the wonderful gifts of God is that love itself is so endlessly interesting. And just being alive is amazing. I mean, sometimes it feels horrific. Fortunately, I haven't felt that in a long time. But most of the time, it is extraordinary. Anybody else? I do have a question, Jennifer. You gave us the page number from what you were reading. Do you have the date of that journal entry? Oh, sorry. Yes. That date is probably a better thing to do. It was December 12th. A few paragraphs in. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. I, this in my, I have the older version that's page uh, 18. Oh, thank you. Nancy. In my, yeah. Show your cover so I can see it. I just want to. Oh, that one. Yes, I have that one too. But this is the original one I, I, I first read. So I use this one. Okay, so let's go to the 18th of December here. And um, does actually, let me see. Does anybody have my version? Nobody. Okay. So maybe somebody else can give their the page number. But I'll um I'll bring it up here. Page twenty-two. Okay, great. And is anybody having trouble getting it? I can't see anybody, everybody in this version. Actually, Jennifer, can you hear me? Yeah. Yeah, I actually, I have it on ebook. Oh, yeah, because it is available on ebook. Yeah. Is, is anybody have, so on ebook, this is page 18. No, it's not. This is page 22. So December 18th, she says, no, I did not want to leave the earthly life. I felt that my work had not finished. I tried hard to ignore the deterioration of the body, and I prayed to be allowed to remain for some years longer to accomplish the plans for spreading such knowledge as I had gained amongst others. But I'm content now. Again, I've been studying the blueprint of these last years in the light of this new understanding with which I'm learning to review the past. This new angle of approach, which is a deeper understanding, has been fostered in my mind. I still have a mind, thank God. (laughs) Partly by this new freedom from the demands of the body, the emotions, and the pressing of others upon my will, but partly by the wise counsels of my dear mother Florence, of my sisters, and of Father Joseph. Sometimes, we have a round table conference here, rather like a council meeting. And then I put all the questions that bother me to wiser minds than mine. Always I receive answers that fully explain, even though I sometimes have to rationalize 
the meanings to my own particular conception. This is a slow process. I progress slowly. But then you know that I had that kind of a mind, which ever needed to read and read and seek and seek and absorb and absorb, and even then to rationalize the knowledge gained to my own satisfaction. Believe me, I did not jump out from the community in which I was professed until after I had sifted and digested the evidence for a deeper stratus of psychic and spiritual needs. So when she says jump out, she, I, she's referring, I believe, to sort of coming out of the spiritual closet as having this um, intuitive awareness. Because remember, they were telepathic friends. Um, she says, it took me months of study and then reading and meditation to make up my mind to such a drastic step. Now, looking back, I see the pattern clearly. I do not regret it. Here, all is understood and judged on a wider basis. There's no longer a narrow denominational community. So there's no religious groups. This is a wide and willing service, and all is understood and viewed with compassion. I am exactly the same person now. I still have to go over and over again in my mind the possibilities I had when I hurt, the failures and mistakes I made in the light of this new approach. I still balk at admitting much that was perhaps reprehensible and which could have been managed without my human bundling. But here, one does not waste effort in regretting blindly. There's too much to learn in a positive manner and to apply to one's future progress. And always there are souls in far worse predicaments from whom lessons can be learned. I speak of the patience here. So, so isn't it interesting that she, that some of the things of her personality are still with her? But she's in a higher space of viewing her personality and that her predilection to study, study, study to, to that being her means of coming to an awareness of something that she still has that predilection in the afterlife. And, you know, sometimes we look at folks, right? And we see, oh, this one learns by doing. This one learns by studying. This one learns by just throwing themselves into the pool. This one learns by watching others, right? We have different styles in different ways. And sometimes we can judge them. Sometimes we can judge them. Sometimes in... um my work uh, with people, people will ask me, well, what do you inside of a situation with a counseling client in this, dealing with this kind of a thing? And, I, and I'll say, well, I can tell you um, some things, but it would be so specific to that person. And I would be following my intuition in that moment with that person. So 
I don't know. And people are like, well, yeah, but I, I need to be able to write it down and to have it to refer to so I know what to do. And I'm like, well, I'm trying to explain that what you do is you ask spirit what to do. That's always a good plan. Ask spirit. Don't decide ahead of time, oh, when this happens, do that. Because there are going to be times when when that happens, you want to do the opposite of that. And you want to be open and available to it. So there's a tendency sometimes we have to judge ourselves uh, and even others for, oh, they're a slow learner or they're that kind of learner or they're hesitating, they're reluctant. And why don't I, because I used to do that, like, why don't they just jump in the pool? Just jump in the pool, just jump in the pool, just jump in the pool. What are you waiting for? You don't need anyone's permission. Get in the pool. And um, because that can be my way. It's like, okay, you know, just let me jump in the pool and then we'll see what happens. I'll either learn to swim or something will happen. It'll be okay. It'll be okay. I just need to take action in this moment. And I would judge people who would have a different approach to things. But if we can see that there's, there is a reason for all the different aspects of our personality, the different permutations, everything has something encoded in it which is working together for our good, even if it's, it seems negative. To me, one of the, the things about looking at this life review of the two blueprints, the one that we aspired to and the one that actually occurred, it, one of the benefits of studying this kind of material helps us to be less judgmental now. And that will actually help us get closer to the higher ideal blueprint. Because if we can relieve ourselves of the judgment now, we won't experience the judgment later. And we're going to make higher, better choices because our mind is in tune with love. Anybody have something uh, to add? All right, let's talk about the X factor that she talks about here. Um, so she's she's talking about. I'm going to go back to Oh, my internet's Yeah, I did notice it was having a little bit of trouble today Yeah, let me know if it really becomes an issue And yes, it has been so much better lately Nancy Yeah, I was wondering if it was just me But anyway um, I'm finding... Well, I mean, we're in the middle of the move. We're doing it in stages. Um, and um, 
<laughs> I'm noticing. It's just I'm hearing this experience, total different experience, um, of letting Holy Spirit be in charge, and watching. And it's like <laughs> not trying to. I don't know how to explain it. It'll take me forever to explain. I'm just going to say what I, I um. It's like reading this book. Another another one was on the pile of books that I read maybe six, seven years ago or something. And it was just a little paperback. Um, and it was like, I didn't understand it. And I picked it up and it's like, I said, it's so clear. It's just totally clear. And I said, oh, this is interesting. Now I get it. And the same thing with this. I remember reading this before, and it's like, and the way you talk about it, and I'm thinking, I didn't experience it like that. And now it's like, okay, I get it. It's like, all right. And it's like, it's just so obvious to me now. Things are just like, okay. Um, anyway, what I came up with last night was like, um, I was thinking about this. My experience yesterday was totally unique, but. Um, this community, oh, I, I said part of it, or I yes, told you yesterday, it's like um, I'm watching the community in every class or every call or whatever. I'm watching. I can, you know, listening to everybody and watching. I'm just seeing love, the power of the love energy. Um, love is a power. It's the energy. It's a power. And I'm just watching it. Uh, expand and love can only expand and watching it expand through everybody's life it's like it's to- totally awesome and I see people I see healing happening and I'm healed by seeing everybody else's it's just like it's. Con- I came up with the word last night it's contagious love is contagious the healing is contagious you know that we're talking about you know the COVID thing and it's like so is love. And that, so I said, yes, it's contagious. And so yesterday I sat here and when Paul was, um, my daughter's husband, um, he was sitting over there on the side of the table and I'm sitting here, uh, in the old chair. I'm now in the, uh, um, he's on his phone and I was sitting there and I'm thinking, hmm, should I say something? Um, and, and then I said something and he's, and he said, was like, yes, Amy is so stressed out about all this. And it's like, I'm thinking, and he started to explain, it's like, there's so much to pack, there's so much to I'm thinking around, no, there isn't, we've already done half of it. No, you're not listening to me. And it's like, listen, I stopped and I said, oh, okay, that's where he's coming from. And that's, and then I just, you know, I said, you know, I don't, I didn't say anything else. I just let the healing love fill the room. And it was like, and it was like, anyway, so, so last night I couldn't go to sleep because I was thinking about this. Um, Amy, Amy, I let her be in charge. I said, I don't need to control this. I, I just let her be in charge and let her do it. Um, hoping that, you know, that will relieve some of the stress. So last night I, I couldn't go to sleep and I'm thinking, I sent her, um, 
I told her, I sent her a, like a, I appreciative no email, um, chat. And I uh, told her, I said, I, I, I am having the most profound and wonderful, you, you're handling, um, of this move is having a very profound and, um, um, effect on me. And thank you very much. And I said, you told me you didn't know how to help me, you know, go through this thing. And I said, so I asked Holy Spirit to help us. And then I am loving how, watching how he answered it. <laughs> this morning I can get the response. Wow, that's very good to know. <laughs> you got to know Amy. And I said, yep. <laughs> it's, this is so wonderful. I mean, it t- could be totally freaked me out, stressed, right. which the old person, and it's like, it's, it's like, and I'm just watching all this healing going around. Yeah. Totally awesome. So the word for the week is contagious. Okay. I love it. So do I. (laughs) That's it. And that's one of the reasons why I'm so compelled to do what I do. Oh, you know what? It's like, well, there's pieces of furniture that I've had for, you know, you know, since we moved down to Nicaragua. I told you about that one. Anyways, and I was like, we didn't know what. Anyways, every big major decision thing, do I get rid of it? or do, How is it going to work out? And they're all stressed out about it, and so am I. And it's like, answer comes like this. Answer, it's like, I never would have thought about it. So it's like all these these ways of doing things, they're solving the problems, that I wouldn't think about, they wouldn't think about, because I just gave it up and let it be, and let Holy Spirit take over. And that's like totally, oh, wow, yeah, I didn't think of that. Never would have thought of that. I feel like I tried the next hundred years, I wouldn't have thought. (laughs) So just turn it over is like, oh, my gosh. So, and I like what what you said about, you know, the landlord and all that, and I love Bodhi's, like, oh, my gosh. He is... Is it he or she? She. She is well, the, the female wisdom, right? <laughs> yes. Yeah. I'm so glad that you're having this clarity as you're going through this move and really being able to take this energy with you into your new home. That's a beautiful thing, Nancy. Yeah. And you get to demonstrate to your daughter and her husband, how you can be peaceful under all these circumstances and you can let go of needing to be in charge of it. That's a beautiful, beautiful thing. Yeah. I can feel you're really going to like the new place. Well, I'm noticing more and more that things go by that what I'm going to be missing that that doesn't have like, this window looks out and it's like, you know, it's a big complex, but there's always somebody going by and something going on out there. The new place is going to be at the end, dead end. It's like, it's like, I'm not going to be any, I'm not going to hear the airplanes. You know, I mean, there's, I'm realizing, no, I don't, it's like the flyway goes right down Elmwood all the way to the airport. 
And Paul was sitting here and he says, oh, what is that? I said, it's like part of my life. It's like, oh, anyway, it's like. Yeah, that'll be a nice relief for you. No, no, I like it. I like it. Okay. (laughs) That would be, it it would not feel good to me. So there you go. Different strokes for different folks. Yeah. We should have a housewarming party for you on Zoom when you when you get there. A house blessing. All right, I'm going to go back to um, testimony. Does anybody have anything before I do that? Okay, here we go. You were going to talk about the X factor. Yes, exactly. Yes. So just before I do, there's this line here where she's talking about um, the folks she's working with. They cannot move on until they have literally seen the light or at least as much of the light as they can assimilate at their present stages. I thought that was interesting. All right. But then she starts to talk about this, this X factor, which I think is really helpful for us to understand. So this is on December 18th and it's well into it. Um, if somebody wants to give the page number, we're going to start at, um, this part here. Um, uh, there is a medical man here. Does anybody have that page number on December 18th? It's like page 24. Okay, great. Thank you. There's a medical man here. He's been with the sisters for some space, a brilliant man. Alas, he was a drug addict, but more of him later. Generally speaking, the dwellers here are all of all types, some advanced in many ways, who are literally passing through the spheres. Perhaps you'll be interested in my latest contact. I can scarcely call him a pupil, for on earth he was a distinguished scientist. This man has not long arrived here from another sphere. And other Florence suggested that we talk to him. He has a very fine mind, exact and logical, as befits a scientist, of course. It is a mental thrill for me to talk with him, but he was on earth a complete agnostic even an atheist, although he tells me that always his researches came back to the point that there must be a certain X factor, which was beyond man's conception, the perfect creative factor, a supreme mind. Yet in all his work, he would not allow that this could be a sign that life was a matter of progressing consciousness Indeed, although he has explained to me the wonderful pattern and energy inherent in every atom of matter and admitted that each atom has a certain measure of consciousness, yet never did he apply this to man himself in the possibility of survival. His thesis was that such consciousness was inherent in the particles of matter and remained as such for the varying type of work for which these atoms were grouped. His theory was, and still is, that the grouping of the atoms 
and cells fixed their effect, their rotation at certain rates of vibration determined the density. Therefore, by changing the patterns and varying the vibrations, man could produce differing results. And that was what he was doing, exploring the possibilities of changing the patterns and producing finer or less dense types of matter. This, of course, is exactly what progress means for Earth, life, enlightening the particles of matter into less density. Only now we have talked together and agreed that this X factor is actually and eternally the light of creative force. And we came to the thrilling conclusion that the scientists' attempts at changing the vibratory rate of atomic matter is the same as all the ancient teachings of the light permeating the density of man's immersion in matter. If man could keep the divine light in mind, which, when out of the prison of the body, we can realize as the permanent life, man has the power to transform those particles into a finer vibration. The difficulty is that when we are bombarded by the consciousness of the denser vibrations which make up our bodies and all the so-called matter of the material world, the light eternal is doused and dimmed, sometimes being extinguished altogether. It has been a wonderful experience discussion with this man. He sees now that consciousness is the expanding X factor, which goes on becoming stronger and more able to lighten matter, and that before him lies a glorious conception of a universe of ever-increasing light, and therefore ever-lightening matter with which to experiment. Now he is absorbed in the wonder, not only that he himself is a unit of consciousness, but also because of his transition from the body, the pattern of his own energy ratio has changed, has become less dense, so that he is now able to work at a stepped-up intensity using a wider field of magnetic force. What a lot I've learned from him. Here are two of us confirmed. He with his great knowledge of atomic reactions in matter, and I with my inherent conviction that spirit is the light, the X factor, which is the focus, the power, and motive of and for all. You can understand how thrilling and exciting this is. My friend, I will call him Mr. M, will not be here in the restroom home much longer. I could say, unfortunately, for I shall miss our sessions. He will be going on to join a group of scientists working on the higher planes. But he says that he will still make contact with you, even though I elect to stay on here for a while. And of course, there is telepathy of the mind for us to radio ideas to each other. He has enjoyed the peace of my garden while going through the purgation of his concrete mind. And we have had exciting experiments with meditation and also with light transmission to my plants and flowers, being able to observe the results. There's your X factor, I said to him once with my old enthusiasm. Look how the light of love and beauty has transformed those flowers into the glowing blossoms they now are. Yes, he said with the characteristic little shake of the head, which always comes when he has tabulated a result. 
Yes, if only we had been able to realize the cause and effect, that cause and effect, when we were on Earth. But we will, I felt suddenly illumined. Your researches in the next plane will be able to help the Earth dwellers to know. By telepathy, you mean? By telepathy, I agree. And here I'm reaching you on Earth about it. But this is only a taste of that which he and the scientists he is now about to join will be able to transmit through advanced minds now coming into incarnation on the earth plane for the coming age. This is thrilling and soul-satisfying work here. I realize how blessed I am to be able to contact such advanced minds and to be enabled to transmit my experiences and adventure for those on earth to read so that they may anticipate with spiritual joy the fullness of life to come. So it's the life, there is no death. There is no death, there is no death. One of the things I love about what she shares in that section is that she she mentions that the doctor had been a drug addict, and then we learn more later, and, you know, that he had remorse and all of these things, and that he had really compromised himself through his drug addiction. But you can see by the way she talks about him with such admiration that she's not judging him. And he's not being judged. It's just these are his learning opportunities that he's chosen and they're unfolding. And so for me, it's so uh, inspiring and comforting to know that even someone who seems to have wrecked their life with drug abuse and things like that, someone who had so much to offer, but who kind of blew it in so many ways that there's still this wonderful opportunity to continue to learn and grow and contribute. He's not being punished, right? He doesn't have to atone for his sins. There's none of that. And I just find that so life affirming and how she talks again and again about the people she meets growing and, and herself, of course, being able to go to higher and higher teachings with greater and greater light beings. Yeah. Anybody else like to share about this? Mary? Yes, I'm I'm also excited when I read the part about all these scientists getting together and the higher planes and they're producing things that are going to be people are going to be coming into incarnation um on the earth plane during for the coming age and they're they're preparing all all the field for these people to come down there. So I, I just think that's really cool. That was back in 1965, I guess. I was thinking, gee, who was born in 1965? Yes. And that period of time, so many spiritual leaders too, as well as um, maybe, I don't know, Steve Jobs, who knows? <laughs> yeah. 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 A lot of innovation. Our mind spiritual opening, opening, yes. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. Yeah, it is exciting. Amanda, you had your hand up before. Sorry. 
That's all right. My internet keeps coming in and out. So I miss, I've been missing some, but I, I take it on a more personal level. Like I love the discussion about her plants and giving them love and seeing it man, like instantly manifest. So like, I really take that on. And, you know, when I'm doing my gardening or planting anything, it just makes me feel more connected to to love, to God, to the earth, to all of it. So that's what I get out of it. Yes. Yes. I love to thank these plants for being themselves, right? Mm. There's our Mine just froze. Hi, Ari. You're going to have to pull out your dog before you leave, Jennifer. Oh, okay. I will. I promise. I promise. Yes, and my my puppy has her own puppy. And she does like to sleep with her. Does Snuggle Puppy have a heartbeat? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Let's see here. Hey, Ari, I saw the the video that you put, Kelly, where he was feeding the kangaroo, the, the carrot or whatever. That was so cool. They talk about uh, later uh, in the, the discussion, they talk about, uh, she and the doctor talked about the earth being an illusion and where they are being an illusion, everything being an illusion. Um, let's see, I'll share that. Um, So she says, I said to Mr. M after a fascinating discourse on protons and electrons and points of bombardment and racial patterns, etc. So now you see that consciousness is on an upward spiral and progresses onward, even your own. How do you feel about it now? He grinned. I always accept facts, he said. And this is a fact, isn't it? I think. I reason, I learn, in fact, I still am. One can't dispute facts. Some people called the earth life a great illusion, I persisted. This could also be an illusion. He shook his head. I can't accept that earth was an illusion. I was there, solid enough to our senses. It was certainly the result of a specific rate of vibration. So if you want to say that this rate of vibration was only the perception of substance by the state of consciousness of our brain minds, I'll agree to that. A projection of our limited minds, maybe, but not an illusion. We created our surroundings. What created, I asked? Thought. And your X factor? Still thought, sister, but a varying vibration and density. So that using more X factor, you'd get a quicker rate of vibration and a finer type of thought creation. 
he gave his characteristic headship. Of course, now I've got it from your angle, more light, a wider conception. We had all that light all the time. And so few of us knew it. The churches and all of the religions of the world knew it, I protested. Maybe, but I was a scientist. They were building up a theory which nobody had proved. And now, now I've proved one thing. I, as a mind, and with a lighter body, survive. But you've proved partially the characteristic of the X factor. Again, he demurred. I haven't proved it yet, sister. I've seen it appear to work in our experience experiment, but I do feel I'm at the beginning of a very exciting quest instead of at the end of all my researches, which I had expected. And that is enough for the moment. You see how this purgatorial experience works? We don't alter fundamentally, but bit by bit, we move away from earth ideas and limitations and advance more into light and wisdom. So this is one of the reasons why I like to say to the Holy Spirit on a regular basis, show me what I think I can't see. Show me what I think I don't know. Let me learn by direct insight. Because that's the fastest way. When we have direct insight, we know that we know that we know. And that is such a strong eye vibration that it creates doubt. So one of our prayers is to give up all doubt. And of course, miracles tells us that all doubt is self-doubt. We doubt ourselves of being worthy of a universe that always responds to our beliefs, our thoughts, our choices. We prefer a universe that's inflicted on us where we're the victims of the world. Because then it's not on us anymore. It's happening to us instead of by us. Isn't it crazy that the ego thought system would rather be the victim of the world than rise above and create a world of beauty that everyone can enjoy? The ego thought system would rather live in, I'm getting that uh, kind of dystopia situation. Where, like in the Matrix, Dawn. So it's interesting that you described it that way, because what came to mind when you read this prayer or or recited this prayer for us to, to give you direct insight, my ego said, she is setting herself up for a problem, but everything is for our highest and best, right? So I felt like it would be opening ourselves up for something that may not be positive or pleasant. Um, which may be true, but then I remembered that everything is for our highest and best. <laughs> yes. Bouncing around in here. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. That's it. We either take responsibility 
for what we see <clears throat> because of what we're looking with or through <clears throat> or we're the victim of the world we see. It's one or the other. Just like in every moment, we're either choosing fear or love. In every moment, we're choosing responsibility or victimhood. Nancy. And it's, it's you're either powerful or you're not. Whether each choice you would, if you pick, if you choose to play the victim, you have no power. If you choose to take responsibility, then you have your power. Yeah. Yeah. So that's where we can watch. If this is a really good place to watch in our mind. Is there any place in your mind where you prefer to be someone's victim? Is there any place in your mind where you prefer to be somebody's victim? What is this today designed just for me, right? It's like, no, I, it's like, my brother is like, it's like, oh, I just turn it over and let, give Holy Spirit the power or like take, okay, if I choose Holy Spirit, then I've got his power because that's my choice. And with that choice comes the power, his Spirit's power through me, if I give, if I choose ego, whatever you want to say that, I've given the power that to that thought system. And then I'm helpless because I can't control somebody else's whatever. So cool, Jennifer. Thank you. I am, that's why I'm happy. I'm not, I don't, I have power now. It's like, and I know where it comes from. So I know how to use it. Sort of speak, so to speak. Yes, yes. And when we're willing to be guided, we will be guided. And we'll get more and more realizations of truth. And you know what's really cool? Because if you're aware, it's like that's that I I forget I even asked, right? But then it's like later, and then I see something, it's like, and later I say, oh, it was like, it happened so quick. It's really so cool. Yeah. Yeah. It's true. And you can't put the genie back in the bottle. You just can't. Are there good genies and bad genies? Genies? (laughs) I wouldn't want to put him back in the bottle. But you know what I mean? You can't unlearn what you've learned. That's good. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) That's It is good. Because when we're learning through ego systems, there is this, like, think of this. Someone decides to go on a self-improvement program. And so they're going to employ behavior modification methods for whatever it is to stop drinking or stop smoking, stop overeating, stop picking their nails or whatever it is that they're doing. They're going to use behavior modification techniques and things like that. We we often hear of people using these kinds of ego-based methods where that it's all about working your will. 
And then people slide back, right? Because they haven't shifted their consciousness. But if you shift your consciousness, then you're, you're not going to slide back is your consciousness has changed. So you won't be experiencing things the same way anymore because your mind is not making the same projection. Your mind is not making the same choices. They're no longer appealing. It's so different than behavior modification. But the thing is, is until people experience that difference, they don't believe it. And so if they've had the experience of doing behavior modification and things like that, trying to work their will, and then they backslid, they start to think, why bother? They start to think things like, I worked so hard to lose 100 pounds, and then I just gained back 150 you know, why bother? Well, it's because you didn't, you were doing it through your ego instead of through your spirit. Let, let it be the lesson learned instead of, oh, that's how life is. That's how life is when we're choosing ego as our uh, spiritual director. <laughs> And a lot of people do that, the spiritualization of the ego, where, and I certainly did that, where the ego was in charge of my spiritual life. We know the ego is in charge of our spiritual life when we feel bad about our spiritual practice and we're judging our spiritual practice. And I see all spiritual students go through that, you know, and then if we keep at our spiritual practice, that will fall away. Because we just give up the judging, 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 complaining, complaining, complaining. Can I just say what, it's like a question. Now that I am where I am now, it's like when I interact with any of these people in my family who are not, my, my, like my former tendency would be to, want to share the whole caps, give them a capsule with everything I knew and everything. And it's like, and uh, I realized with, it's like with, with Paul, my son, um, I can't do it that way. So what, so now what do I do? Just, just turn it over to the spirit. Like I always do and say, okay, this holy instant I give to you, you take care of, you know, you handle it. And then just, um, okay. I guess I answered my own question. So. <laughs> I was going to say, what do you see as other choices? Other choices of doing something? Just doing nothing except turning it over and then following the guidance or the lead, what he leads. He gives me a thought or an idea or something and then follow that. Yeah. Yeah. It's, and in that, Nancy, there's also the very, very active choice to place our trust and faith in spirit that we will get the insights we will get the direction we will be led we will be fed we will be guided we will be directed 
and that everything is working together for our good. And so our willingness to accept that this is the truth. In, in this, um, let's see if I can, this is page. Okay, now the next entry is January 1st, 1966. And it's a few um, pages into it. Uh, let's see here. Hmm. Okay. Went too far. All right. Hey. Whoops, no, I remember. So um he's talking about sinking into drug addiction here. And um, it says, I went on for nearly 10 years like this. Oh, yes, I performed some remarkable operations. Nancy, can you move yourself out again? Oh, yes. But they were the inner surgeon's triumphs, not mine. I was becoming but a poor shell of a man and without medication. Neither my brain nor my body would obey me. If there is a hell on earth, that was it. Progressively, I became the slave of the drugs, now more than one, which I was taking. My mind was in agony. My body attacked by disease, and my soul was lost, alone, and frightened. You know the rest, sister. My mind broke. I was certified as unsound, put away into a home, and there at length, I was relieved of the diseased body and the illusions of the earth brain. And now, here's Francis saying, I was much moved by his story, as we all were. He had has had long talks with Mother Florence and dear Father Joseph, and he sat in quiet meditation with me here in my golden garden. But now I must tell you of the wonderful experience which has released him from wrong judgment, blame, and remorse, I was allowed to participate in this experience. With Mother Florence and Sister Hilda, I went to the operating theater, as we call it here. Of course, this hasn't the same connotation as on Earth. Dr. X was already there in the care of Father Joseph. The room, if you could call it such, is a long rectangle with a kind of domed ceiling that gives the impression we sat facing a visitness which appeared to shimmer there is no wall just a deep cerulean blue space i seemed to hear singing though there is no organ or choir but there was a faint music of the spheres which is quite indescribable so soothing that one spirit rises to float out and participate in the sound and by the way, there are many references in different mystical books um, talking about this music of the spheres 
showing up in uh, situations like this. Suddenly, without preamble, this blue vista broke up and became a cinema or television screen. Pictures began to emerge on it. They were not superimposed as in a cinema, but seemed to grow into it from the very ether itself. These pictures appeared to form themselves. And people have had experiences where they've seen this in earth experiences. They showed moments of stress, moments of triumph, moments of failure in earth's life diets. We saw patients. We watched him in his diagnoses. He, we followed him to the theater and witnessed his operations. And as we watched, we became conscious, as he did, of the great light that enfolded him as he worked. Light. How much am I learning of the meaning of that word here? How deeply I'm beginning to realize the depth of those words, light which lighteth every man that cometh into the world. How paltry is our conception and understanding of that light. But we will talk of this more. When I have learned and experienced more, the pictures on the screen went on and on. We were taken into the homes, lives, families of those on whom the doctor had performed his successful operations. We saw the benefit to humanity, the healings, the resumption of happy, useful lives, which were the result of this man's skill. Even when he was working under the influence of drugs, as he said, we were allowed to view the results of what he had accomplished. I was more than moved. I felt wrung with compassion and a new understanding. Here was a man standing before the bar of his own judgment, and the scales were showing the balancing up of his actions and the resulting effects of his service. And when we were shown the skill and success with which he brought a great musician back to health and strength, the scales seemed almost to balance. That musician, now in the halls of music in the spheres, was enabled to go on and leave the world the richer and more exalted by his performances, to add his portion to the beauty that penetrates materialism of earth thinking, to lighten with glorious sound that darkness into which men sink, and to uplift their spirits into thankfulness to the Creator. As the film of his life unwound before us, the doctor saw, though he could scarcely credit it, that he had indeed done his part. He had followed his pattern, worked out his blueprint, even though he had badly smudged it in the performance. At the end, he saw, he understood. His fault had been a weakness in the soul's contact with the personality, which he had allowed to widen until it threatened to break completely. But he had been released before that had happened. His failure had been his refusal to delve into that inner womb, one whom he knew, to contact him deliberately and reverently at times, other than when the celestial surgeon's skill was needed. The light had been within him and about him, and he had comprehended it not. If I should say that there were tears in his eyes when the revelation ended, I would be partly right. There were tears in his soul. 
tears for lost opportunity, but also tears of relief. I'm indeed learning that we must not judge from our very partial understanding. This man, failure as he had seemed, had achieved much. He had been a channel of light, even though he had tried to ignore the implications of this, and even despite the fact that his personality had sunk into a bog of illusions. Dr. X is a soul with dedicated skill. He will go on to the greater light there, perhaps to realize his celestial surgeon more fully, more potently and intimately, and to become united with him for future service. Judge not, but judge righteous judgment. But how can we learn to understand not only people, but more of the great plan and pattern for each of us and for humanity? As I'm allowed to witness and to assist those souls who gather here for our space, I gain knowledge and very partial understanding of that plan. And this brings a deep humility together with a reverence for the wonder and marvel of the divine creative thought. We went quietly back to our duties, leaving Dr. X in the competent care of Father Joseph. It could almost have been a Christmas tide service as on earth, for truly a new child was born in those who partook of the ceremony. New compassion was born in me, and new strength in Dr. X. As our consciousness expands, we let in more light. So now I can really say, with deeper understanding, let light descend on earth. I want to go back to this here a second, just to emphasize it. His fault had been a weakness in the soul's contact with the personality, which he had allowed to widen until it threatened to break completely. So this is what I'm talking about when I'm talking about being in that relationship with the higher Holy Spirit self. That really being in that relationship, that connection, that willingness to be in that relationship and seeing that that higher soul, higher Holy Spirit self is our true identity. And so we we do not want to be identified with the personality or the body, but we can use the personality and the body to experience our life. But it's not who we are. So Dr. X's fall into drug addiction was um, really helped by his disconnecting from that higher self energy. So that's why I'm always partner up, partner up, partner up. Yeah. All right. Anybody have a comment before we pray out? Oh, thanks for the page number, John. I'm going to pray out. And then uh, Kelly, if you're still here, I'll, I'll bring Bodhi back out for Ari and anybody who missed her. She's slept through the whole thing here. But it's entering her consciousness even as she sleeps. 
Let's pray. We are grateful and thankful to consciously attune to the high vibration of our higher Holy Spirit self. So grateful that we are cultivating this relationship and this connection that our mind is joined with the mind of God now and forever. We are truly choosing to live the highest possibility of that divine blueprint. We're looking for the highest and best choices in every moment. We're forgiving ourselves and our brothers and sisters. We're practicing non-judgment. We are the light and we are willing to recognize the Christ light in our mind. We are willing to be led by that light and to share that light with our brothers and sisters. So grateful and thankful to give up any idea of victimhood. We are truly spiraling up, sharing the benefits with all. In gratitude, we let it be. And so it is. Amen. 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 Yes. All right. Let me get Bodhi here. There he is. She has to wake him up. Oh, let me see here. Oh, she wake you up, Bodie. Oh. Oh, look at him. Isn't he cute? He's so sweet. So sweet. What do you think, Ari? Look at, the, look at the face. Look at each one's face. Look at Ari's face and look at Bodhi's face. They're like <laughs> twins. Yeah. Ari. Ari. What do you think, Ari? What do you think of Bodhi? And what does Bodhi mean, Jennifer? Is, I know it's the Bodhi tree, but does it mean enlightenment or? Well, mean... I'm thinking Bodhisattva. So we're. I'm going to get a kitten. And I'm going to get and so um, oh, we missed yeah. that. You got to get a kitten. Bodhi that. is that? Yeah, the we kitten's that. name will be Satva. So Bodhi and Satva. <laughs> yeah. So the enlightened, compassionate being. Yeah. Look at him. He's so chill. He's so deceptively chill because this dog is going to be a puppy. He's a golden retriever. <laughs> Those things are crazy. Yeah, an English cream, so they're they're white, and supposedly they're healthier. They live longer than the the other gold ones. Yeah, she's beginning her life on Zoom. <laughs> oh, what a blessing! <laughs> she smells so good too. It's it's amazing. She has that. Baby smell, baby puppy smell. Baby. Do you think she's miss? Do you think she's missing her mom at the moment? She looks a bit. You know, um, she came from a, a family that breed dogs. Have been breeding them for twenty years, and I, 
she has only whined a couple of times and it was she doesn't like being in the car driving here from new jersey we broke it up into two two halves but she threw up both times she didn't care for it, it wasn't her thing and um so that was the only time really that she's whined is being in the car she to me seems very happy very content she wags her tail and uh, a lot and she um she um yeah she seems very happy and very content um she's not whining at night or anything like that so she's barked a little bit but I, it's clear she only barks um really when she wants the food and she's excited that it's coming and she doesn't want to wait and then it's like she can't contain herself so she's not barking at things she's just barking as an expression of excitement you know and that's typical of golden retrievers that you know they'll they'll bark at people coming to your house cuz they're basically saying hey people are coming people are coming there's going to be more people to play with very soon you know <laughs> <laughs> Look at Brian. He's got his uh, clucky face on. <laughs> Another puppy, Brian. Oh, I, I love dogs. Yeah. yeah. Golden retrievers. My daughter. My daughter wanted a golden retriever so bad, but we ended. We ended up rescuing a dog. But um, you never know. Maybe someday. <laughs> well, goldens are super smart and super loving, and um, I, I would like to train her to be able to go into. Veterans hospitals, children's hospitals, and places like that where people can just pet her. You know, I did take her to the park where the children were, and they all just gathered around her and petted her and petted her, and she was totally happy. She was like, I'm doing my thing. <laughs> this is my sweet spot. So, yes. yeah. And uh, that that's the thing about retrievers is they just really like making people happy pleasing them so yeah excellent therapy dogs yeah yeah so that's the whole idea is that she can she can do that yeah well she's beautiful jennifer thank you and everyone and we'll see you later in the week or next tuesday indeed yeah blessings everyone have a great week love you all love you love you all Bye. bye